Welcome to Girlfriends Talk About Health, Money, Work, and Life, the podcast where every week ambitious, purposeful women come together to share stories, tips, and expertise so we can feel inspired, confident, and encouraged. I'm Robin Kochka, and it's my privilege to introduce you to Tina B. Tina B is a passionate and experienced communication educator, executive coach, storyteller, and creative. She's also a mom and farmer's wife. Tina B has always been a creator and communicator. She's honed the skills of her passion first with her siblings in homemade radio shows, then in speech and drama in high school, as a college professor, a community educator, a TEDx speaker coach, and now founder and chief communicator for Tina B. She protects audiences from boring speeches and empowers professionals to be authentic and confident in their own skin. Through her own triumphs and personal and professional setbacks, Tina B has developed the practice of pausing and flipping the script so she can be confident and authentic. Now she empowers others like you to do the same. You know, like if I'm blabbering while the recording just gets started, like I just am. And uh, <laughs> so this is fantastic. Well, welcome, Tina. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day um, to join me on my podcast, Girlfriends Talk About Health, Money, Work, and Life. And uh, I'm Robin Kachka, the host of this new podcast. And I'm so happy to have you here. Um, Tina is a storyteller, a creative, a persuasive speaker. And we met, oh, I don't know, a few months ago. And just instantly I thought, wow, there's some there's something really neat and, and special about Tina. So thank you for taking some time with us today. And I'd love for you to tell our guests about yourself in your own words, because I am sure <laughs> that you can do a better job than me. <laughs> Well, Robin, it's wonderful to see you again. I love that we got to connect months ago online in a virtual event. And as, as you said, I'm Tina B. I'm the founder and chief communicator of Tina B LLC, a public speaking and storytelling coaching company. I protect audiences from boring speeches and I help professionals craft content to perfect their performance, to be able to be authentic and confident in their own skin when they're presenting information. And I started, I would say I was that kid with a little brown Fisher Price tape recorder. And I used that on my proscenium stage of the farmhouse in Southwest Iowa. And I would rope my younger brother and sister into creating wacky radio programs, stories, puppet shows, all things. And from that grew a love of oral communication. So I did high school and college speech and community theater, got degrees in communication studies, theater, English teaching, and taught high school and then the collegiate world for nearly 20 years in this content area because I'm so passionate about helping others understand communication. The world needs effective communication. And so I've been doing this in some capacity for all my professional life and have worked in the world of nonprofit, promoting the arts, including storytelling and visual arts, and have had ag arts camps on the farm, teaching people where their food comes from using the arts, but then also working for Malvern Bank. That was my position where I was the chief creative officer, where I was doing community development education. And from that, the international pandemic 
taught me as I sat quietly with myself working at home as my home was transferred into this school full-time business that I am called to coach and help professionals communicate more effectively. That is, I mean, what a story, right? I mean, we can all, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the all of a sudden home becoming school and work uh, switch is something we can all relate to. And it sounds like, you know, I mean, that uh, this creative and communication um, passion of yours has, has been something that you have drawn on your whole life. Uh, from from a very young age, and it just it sounds like it's made such an interesting um, uh, journey for you in in your life. So it sounds like you went from you know really thinking about um, speaking and communication, teaching, and then into banking, and now you are and now you are a a coach consultant. Um, and so how did you? I think it's so interesting to kind of um, peel back the layers on how did you move from, you know, I think when we start out in life, we have this idea of what we're going to do, right? And I know a few people who've really stuck to like their original plan. Um, and, and, but most people I find have had some, you know, veers in their, in their path. Now, um, you have managed to keep the vein, I think, of, of your communication and, and theater and that creative aspect throughout, um, even in banking. Like, I'm just curious, did, did it come sure. into banking too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say you bring up a great point. I mean, when I was little, I wanted to be on Broadway as an actor and, and the teacher was the other part too. And then I decided, why not be a theater educator? So blend those two. And, and you are acting when you're presenting in front of people. So you have the stage when you're able to present information, whether you're a teacher for students at the high school collegiate level or you're facilitating a team building workshop. So I would say my life is an interesting recipe. You know, it's like everybody has a way that they make chili and you add variations to have this interesting spice and flavor. And for me at the core, you know, my husband and I have talked about this where organizations are intrigued with my capacity to be a creative problem solver. I'm an activator. I'm a doer. I'm an idea person. I love to develop and create. And so what happened was when I got burned out at the nonprofit job, I thought for a hot minute in 2018, I jumped out of a plane figuratively and wanted to work for myself. I've been, I've been doing this work with nonprofits and for-profits for eight years at that point on my, on the side, but always had a full-time gig. So it's been a side hustle for a long time. And so I go into my local bank at Malvern Bank and I had made these chief creative officer uh, little business cards and said, here's what I want to do. I want to go out and do trainings and coaching. You know, how can I help you? And without missing a beat, the owner of Malvern Bank said, I want to hire you. That what? He says, why don't you be the storyteller for Malvern, the town and the bank and do our outreach and educational programming? Well, I find this to be the universe has a great sense of humor because I don't have any background in financial literacy at all. I am a theater person. I teach, you know, I've taught business communication. I've taught public speaking. I've taught improvisation, storytelling, but I have not taught anything about money. So I said, well, let's explore this. Absolutely. And so I took on this job and this task. And what they also embraced at the bank was they knew my strength of doing communication workshops. So I did monthly huddle ups for the bank to teach them temperament communication skills 
So that was a side part. I also helped the county of Mills County where I live and K through 12 understand communication skills. But then I took a new angle to financial literacy where I brought in the arts. And that's where I can't, I always created the job to make it what I wanted it to be. And so my son and I crafted during the pandemic two puppet shows that we did on Zoom to teach, you know, need versus want, or it takes work to earn money. And then I would do storytelling and, and role playing and things of that nature to help people understand their money scripts and things. So from that, I realized my passion isn't financial literacy. It is an important, important piece that we all need to care about and teach our children. What my passion is, is effective communication, how to do a speech effectively, public speaking, and how can an organization tell their story? That that's so interesting, interesting. And I, you know, I agree that we all need to have financial literacy. And, and that's part of the reason I included that in my, you know, podcast kind of because I think so. And and for women, maybe I'm being stereotypical. I mean, other people might, you might even disagree with me, but I feel like, you know, so often women have this, like, I don't want to talk about money. Um, and it's really important. And you just explained one, you know, reason for it, right, is being able to explain, express to our children, right, what's the difference, as simple. And, and you know, maybe somebody's going to laugh and be like, of course, I can tell the difference between a want and a need. But, you know, that is the foundation, right, of, of how you talk about money, right? <laughs> and well, and how also, you... it's, it's, for me, I realized my money script was scarcity and that I heard a lot of, you know, family members talking about money in a way that we don't have enough. And, you know, traditionally women were stay-at-home moms, which is a respectful choice. I think it's important. But for me, I knew I wanted to be a career person, an entrepreneur. And I had to work through that. A lot of mind work, a lot of meditation and saying, it's okay to earn money. And it's okay to say, I am worth this. When I, when I lay out, I have a three, six month and 12 month coaching program to help women professionals in general to know better, do better in terms of content messaging, in terms of presence and confidence and poison and, and all of that. And being able to say, hey, this is what I'm worth and not attach you know, weird feelings of, of scarcity or, or just emotions attached to it because money does attract weird emotions that, that I have found peace with it, I think has been huge. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And as you're talking, I'm thinking that your skills as a communicator and, a, uh, um, you know, with helping so many people be effective at having conversations, you talked about temperament, you know, I know that you have helped TEDx speakers, you know, take the stage and I'm sure they're nervous, right? And so you must have some, some techniques and skills that you offer to them that you can also apply for yourself when you start to you know, question those, those uh, scripts they're running through your head and the butterflies. And I mean, my hands are getting a little sweaty just thinking about being <laughs> on the stage, you know, for a TEDx right. and that kind of, have you found that to be true? Absolutely. I, I, I do know that what I think a lot of people who present information or about to, whether they're going to do that signature talk, a keynote or a TEDx, or maybe they're sharing a story or doing a proposal that's a big persuasive piece for their nonprofit to earn funding for a project, whatever the case may be. When the stakes are high in their mind, it's, it's, it sends that nervousness and anxiety because we don't know the end result, but we want that end result. So I, I kind of have labeled it in three ways that you can prepare, you can do the practice and you can pause. 
and that those are in your control. So preparation, the more you prepare and know your information and feel good about it is going to definitely connect you better to your audience. So the more you read and study the, the target audience for which you're speaking to, as well as the context, what is the situation and your, what is your given outcome, do all that preparation and then note what is that information that you wanna share, know how you're going to start, know how you're going to end and have that clarity and do it with, with confidence because you've read all that you can, you've talked about it, you've practiced, and then you lead into the practice, that practicing it. You know, one of my most recent clients got to do a TEDx and, and he had never done a speech before outside of panel discussions or workshops and things of that nature about agriculture. And so he's very good at speaking, but when it's give and take or ask me a question, I'll answer it not memorize a speech for, and talk for 14 minutes in a poignant way. And so he said, I don't know how to do this, Tina. I don't think I can memorize. I'm freaking out a little bit. I mean, I'm passionate about this topic. What do I do? And I said, first of all, you have to trust yourself. And second of all, you practice, practice, and practice some more. For every minute that I do a presentation, I practice about an hour or I put that amount of effort in. So if I have an hour long keynote, think about how many minutes that is. That's a lot of minutes but it gets you into that comfort level. So I first have him practice, you know, talking to the cows. And he thought, he's like, that's a fun audience. I said, well, you have to do chores anyway. Say your speech as you're doing your chores. Record yourself saying your speech. And when you're riding in the tractor, hear yourself talk and maybe talk with you yourself. And then also practice saying content pieces with family members and friends. So you might just take one point of your speech and talk through it so that you're getting it into conversations and embedding it. So you're getting that practice. So the more you say it out loud, the more you're gonna feel comfortable and competent with that information. The last is the pause. And this is what we tend to forget. When we get that nervousness and you said you were already starting to feel just a little bit nervous at the idea of getting up in front and you're not alone. That's a common feeling. If everybody's staring at me, I mean, I felt that at the beginning of the pandemic and early on in my profession of taking on Tina B by myself as a company and doing all things online because it was foreign. I'm used to doing everything in person, but I knew I had to do that. I had to evolve and grow. And so I did a lot of breathing and meditation because we are in control of our breath. And I allowed myself to be a little messy along the way and let. Oh, I think we froze a little bit. So let breath. me. Um, oh, yeah. it's getting up. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's getting I, that. I think I paused. Yes, you did. You were you were um, wrapping up with the uh, the uh, you know the importance of being able to take that pause, right? And and yes. being in control of your breathing for for just I think. Well, tell me what's yeah. Tell us what's important. Yeah, about so the importance of, of the breath and your you have control over your breath and the pause. So it's allowing yourself that space, that space to pause, the pause before you go on stage to speak. The pause in the moment when you're not sure what you're gonna say, just give it a beat and a pause. But also in my new business, I found allowing myself to be a little messy, let go of the perfectionism and pause and say, okay, this is new, I'm going to learn this and it'll be okay. So it's all about preparation, the practice and pause. Yeah, I love that. And it's so important. I think what you just said, I, I cannot, think about um, the number of times where you know, I've, I've been in a situation like we just experienced, right? There's this technical thing that, that happens and 
in the past, I would have just been so, you know, concerned and worried and I would have just sort of, you know, kind of felt like, oh gosh, you know, I should have done something differently, right? Or, or oh no, this is going to ruin everything. And, you know, we just have to laugh about it, right? I mean, there is no, there's nothing that's going to make it worse or better. <laughs> I mean, the thing that makes it better is just being able to laugh and say, yeah, that happened. Okay, let's move on. And it's, <laughs> and it's a lot more real and authentic. You know, it's coming from the heart and from what is true. And so if you're speaking your truth and we can't control technology, I'm here in rural Southwest Iowa. And for the most part, I have decent internet. However, moments happen. And in <laughs> fact, do. I was doing this big statewide storytelling workshop in August of last year and had no internet. And my husband brought up our tractor and it has a GPS. So it became my hotspot. So I literally had rural internet from a tractor. So everybody loved knowing that, that, and it was beautiful internet. I had it for a full solid hour, but you, you troubleshoot your problem solve, but you're right. The, the laughter and that allowing ourselves to be humorous with each other and know that this is the human experience. And that's just part of my story. And you can't expect it to be perfect. And what is perfect anyway? Right, right, exactly. And yeah, and, and it's so it, it just makes it so much more interesting. So hopefully, everybody around us is laughing and, you know, saying, oh, thinking about sometime when they experience something differently, or, or similar as well. Uh, so that that's great. And I love that, um, that attractor was the solution to having a hotspot. <laughs> I live when in you're in rural Virginia. Iowa, you got to do it rural. <laughs> yes, and I live in a suburban neighborhood, so the idea, you know, of that happening, um, it just, uh, you know, of course these things happen, right? I just don't know about them. Um, <laughs> so right. that's fantastic. So, you know, the premise of this show, right, is, or this podcast is that um, we have our girlfriends that help us to, like, you know, be encouraged to take some of that pressure off our shoulders, or at least help us to walk through that journey, you know, when we have challenges and just make them more interesting, more filled with some wonder and curiosity and, you know, some laughter along the way. So I'm curious, you know, have you, I mean, maybe you have a different experience than, than what I'm describing with your girlfriends, but I'm just curious if you um, have an experience where, you know, like having those, that the group of women who, share ambition who you know, just really encourage you and lift you up um, has made a difference in your life or in your Absolutely. work. Or... I have three different examples of three, incre I, I, uh, three incredible friends. One uh, who's very much passionate about the arts like I am was my sense maker during the pandemic. And we committed from March through the end of August, we met every week via Zoom and we made sense of the situation. We cried together, we laughed together, we talked, we read poetry to each other. We just we, we learned with each other what books we were reading, sharing, whatever. And she was my sense maker during this pandemic. And we love the theater. We love the arts. We are creative problem solvers and strategists. So she gave me um, peace of mind. Another professional uh, friend of mine was really helpful in my transition from working for someone else to working for myself. And she held my hand along the way and said, you are going to get out there and you're going to do some webinars and I'm gonna help you. And so she did not one, not two, two with me and helped me all along the way and encouraged me. And that was really helpful in that she gave me that peace of mind that I can do this and had those debriefings and conversations and just that support. And then another friend that I think about in terms from a personal ex experience is, you know, we lost, my husband and I lost a child in 2009 and she just showed up. She showed up, took three days off of work, 
two hours away, drove, brought the food, um, you know, helped me find what outfit to bury my child in, you know, uncomfortable things, right? That was right there holding my hand. And then on Mother's Day, because, you know, that first Mother's Day was painful. It was just a few weeks away. She mailed me a beautiful uh, locket necklace and said, you're still a beautiful mom and I love you and I'm here for you. And so I think of women friends and that specialness. And I even have a group called the Culture Club that we get together and we do something fun together. We didn't get to during the pandemic, but had some Zooms and things. But women need each other. We need to support each other through those really hardships personally to you know, the, even the professional hardships, but also those pra- the, the, the things that we praise each other about too. Like I have women that praise me and say, I'm so proud of you. We need to be there for each other for all those things. Yes, yes. Well, those are beautiful um, examples. Thanks for sharing. That was a very a personal you know, experience that you had. And, and I am really grateful that you had somebody who you could, who just came in and, and did the hard stuff. And, and yes, the hard is, the heart is in life and it's in work and, and it's in everything. So, um, so thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Well, and it, it makes me, it reminds me of, I need to be that kind of friend to my friends, right? You know, because right. a lot of times when you have a loss, people say, well, just let me know what I need to do for you. But I, I think the true friend just shows up, you know, they just show up because you don't know when you're in that deepest of grief and shock of all of it. The, that's what's taught me in that moment. It taught me in the future, just show up, show up with food, mm-hmm. show up with t- your time, call, even if you're tired, just to say, I'm here for you. That's so important to, to share from that personal perspective. And um, I have, I have been witness to, uh, you know, different friends who have had loss um, of spouses and, um, I have friends who, who died as well. And it really did make a difference to have people, you know, you, you don't want everybody showing up, but you do right. you want the, those a couple of people who will just show up and, and just be there for you. And, and uh, so thanks for that reminder. That's, that's really important. Absolutely. I'm curious to switch, to switch gears a little bit. I'm curious if there is like one habit or principle or practice that you uh, that you follow that has made a difference for you um, to get to where you are, where you decided, you know, you, you've gone through great loss, you've, you know, changed your career, and here you are, this very successful, you know, entrepreneur that's, that's out in this world with, in the middle of the farmlands with your son, you know, your husband, all those wonderful things um, that you've shared. Well, one practice So I feel like your morning ritual is huge and breaking up the day is huge. So what I have found for me, and I'm going to, I'm going to break the rule and do two because they're kind of hand in hand, (laughs) uh, that the importance of writing things down and having a journal and walking outside, because they're both very meditative in, in terms of getting it out there. So in my journal, it's got storytelling, it's story journals of, of ideas that I can embed in, in workshops and presentations, but also my gratitudes, my insights, things I've heard on TEDx talks, whatever, but I write every single day and it, I try to keep it very uplifting, you know, unless it's a story about failure that I could potentially use, but overall the writing and the practice of the gratitude and the celebrations um, within that piece. But then the other part is breaking up your day with getting outside and walking and just getting a 15 minute reboot 
because the movement outside really, really helps with creativity. They actually show that movement and getting outside will enhance your creativity. So as a creative, as a, as a coaching consultant for the world of being creative in your communication, I think that those practices have been true. I've done that for most of my life. Even when I was a professor at Creighton University, I pushed a colleague of mine, we'd have lunch together. I said, we're doing a 30 minute walk. And those were essential because we, we would walk rain or shine, snow, whatever, wear our long johns, but that fresh boot of air and, and boost of air and movement really helped move us through the day, but also really work our minds and clear them and cleanse them. Yes, I am a wholehearted believer in getting outside and, and having that, just that change of air, right? It's it's one of the most important vital things. And um, uh, it kind of reminds me too of, of one of my young um, my young team members who had a baby. And, and we said, well, when, when you and the baby are getting cranky, just go outside. <laughs> Just I did that all the time, there. bounce with my kid outside, yes. And we had one of those strollers that had the big, big wheels because we live on, you know, on a farm with non-paved spaces. So I'm like, we're going all over this farm. We're going to have a great time. And it made all the difference for both mom and son. Right, right. Yes. It does. It just makes a huge difference. Like, if, even if you can only go on the front porch, like, just get right. outside. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally agree with that. I love that. Um, so, um so I'm curious too, uh, so just a couple of, that was interesting, you know, I, I'm finding that people have a hard time just coming up with one thing. Um, so you're not alone in that. Yeah. <laughs> I broke the rule. <laughs> it's good to be a rule breaker sometimes, not all the time. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I would love to hear how you would finish this sentence. Confidence is. Authentic. Tell us more. I feel all of us inside of ourselves can be confident. And what at the core, we have to ask ourselves, what is our truth? Who, what is real? Who are we? And to analyze that and to answer the question, I am and fill in the blanks. And what I have found is when I did this exercise with my son, when we were homeschooling him last spring during the pandemic, it was a really powerful exercise for the two of us to complete together is he had to tap into and think at age 11, you know, what, what's my strength? What, what, what do I think about myself? What are those descriptive words? What are those adjectives? And it helps me with my clients also to step back and say, okay, when it comes to my word choices and my means of communication, my best self is confident and that is authentic. So I am enthusiastic. I am creative. I am kind. I am thoughtful. I want meaningful connections and knowing what you are, who you are, how you choose to show up, and then what you want out of each communication is ultimately authentic. And to me, that will align with yourself. And if you align with yourself and you're authentic with yourself, that will be confidence. That was beautiful. I love, I love that, uh, that explanation of, of your statement, confidence is authentic. That's, that's something we can, you know, each of us can take a little piece away from. And, and I really hope everybody who's listening will take that time, whether it takes you five minutes because you've already, you've been thinking about it. You just need to put the labels, you know, I am kind, I am confident, I am, uh, you know, uh, humorous, I am, you know, whatever it is that you, is, describes you. Or if you need more time, you know, sometimes, like you said, that journaling, 
taking 30 minutes, taking an hour, you know, just really believing your intuition, trusting yourself and, and revealing what is important to you? What, what makes you who you are? So thank right. you for- and it, Yeah, and I would say to that in terms of, and that's where, when I'm figuring out the system of my business, asking myself, what is fundamentally me? You know, in terms of not only how I organize my time as CEO, but also how do I best connect with people that is authentic? That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, so thank you for sharing your story and your experiences and your insights. And I know there's some people who are listening who want, who want to know how they can connect with you. So how can they connect with you? Absolutely, Robin. They can connect with me on tinabakehouse.com. That's T-I-N-A-B as in boy, A-K-E-H-O-U-S-E. So tinabakehouse.com. I have insights there about communication because all communication is persuasive. Your audience can choose to tune you out or choose to listen. And I have effective communication with Tina B as a YouTube channel. You can also follow me on LinkedIn or on Facebook, Tina B LLC. And I do some wonderful lives and some events. And if you are interested, I've just started a professional group for up-leveling your speaker style for professional women. So check that out as well. I'd be happy to have you join. Uh, wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for spending time with us today. Uh, your feedback matters to me, and I'm sure it matters to Tina as well. Um, so if you like this show, you can hit subscribe, and you can tell me what you like also by finding me also on Instagram at Robin Kochka. That's R-O-B-I-N-K-A, C as in Charlie, Z as in Zachary, K-A, so Robin Kochka. And you can send me a DM to let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girlfriends Talk About Health, Money, Work, and Life. That was powerful. Tina B. really brought to light the power of girlfriends for professional and personal support and encouragement and the importance of taking a moment to pause, reflect, and analyze on how we want to present ourselves and where we want to be going. You can connect with Tina B. on her website at tinabakehouse.com. Her YouTube channel, Effective Communication with Tina B, and by searching Tina B on Facebook and LinkedIn. Hustle back next week for my chat with S. Lisa Herndon. We're talking about life. And that's not all. Before we go, can I ask you a favor? Can you follow this podcast, leave a review, and share it with your friends? I'd love to build a community of women who feel inspired, confident, and encouraged. You can also connect with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse at Robin Kochka, R-O-B-I-N-K-A-C-Z-K-A. Once we connect, send me a DM to let me know how you found me and let me know what you like about this show. I can't wait to hear from you.